This is The Plural of You, a podcast about people helping people. I'm Josh Morgan. (laughs) Jimmy Chin is a co-founder and the CEO at Propel, a Brooklyn startup that is redesigning government services to be more user-friendly. I talked with Jimmy about Easy Food Stamps, Propel's new mobile app that makes SNAP benefits easier to apply for. Before I play my conversation with Jimmy, and because this is the first episode, I should probably talk about the purpose of this podcast. Over the course of this series, I plan to interview leaders, experts, activists, entrepreneurs, and ordinary folks like you and me who are working daily to improve the lives of others. I got the idea from a couple of major influences. The first was something that occurred to me while I was in graduate school for sociology. I worked for many years as an assistant for an environmental sociologist, and I was able to assist him while he established a network of community health workers along the Gulf of Mexico. One of my projects under him was to compile a list of community resources among coastal counties in four states so that anyone could go online and find them. Things like mental health practitioners, low-cost health care, legal assistance, and so on. I realized while putting this list together that there were hundreds of people all around me doing good deeds that I'd never heard of. And that's been on my mind ever since. Jimmy actually touched on this in our conversation, that there are countless groups and individuals making things better out there, but we barely know they exist. Until now, I haven't known what to do about it. And that's one reason I started this podcast. My second influence comes from research I've conducted over the last few years on social trust, with one particular publication that stands out. In May of 2014, I wrote an article about trends in trust among Americans over the last 40 years. For now, I'll summarize it in three bullet points. One, survey data has shown that trust declined among Americans over the last few decades. Only one in three of us would now agree with the statement, quote, most people can be trusted, unquote, whereas over half agreed with the statement about 45 years ago. Two, this decline in trust has not been equal among all social groups. Gaps in trust between groups like older and younger Americans and whites and non-whites will suggest that different groups of Americans have different degrees of trust, so there cannot be a single solution for the decline. And three, I concluded that a restoration of trust would need positive role models and events to reestablish trustworthiness bit by bit through the country, and that this would need several years to take root. The good news is that people like this exist among us already. We just have to pay attention to them. My ideal for the plural of you is to offer a humble dose of trust, compassion, and community by giving these people a platform. My goal with this podcast, then, is to remind listeners like you that humans can be rotten to one another, sure, but they can be pretty cool to one another, too. And in my opinion, the latter deserves to be celebrated. That leads me back to Jimmy Chin. I learned about Jimmy and his team at Propel through their Kickstarter campaign, which succeeded in raising funds for their Easy Food Stamps app. The work they're doing draws attention to at least two realities about American society. That millions of Americans need help to meet their basic needs from time to time. And that, generally speaking, access to those services sucks. This is how the team at Propel summarized these circumstances on their Kickstarter page. Quote, Complicated requirements, incomplete instructions, and long office waits make it hard for eligible Americans to get government benefits they need. Those who apply in person face long lines at food stamp offices and complex forums. People who need food stamps don't have the luxury of time. An hour spent waiting at a food stamp office means an hour less of wages or another hour of childcare to pay for. Unquote. They go on to cite a study from the Pew Research Center, which showed that 45% of low-income Americans who own phones use them as their primary method to access the Internet. 
That's why the criticism of people in poverty owning smartphones is unfair. But that's another discussion. The point that Propel is making is that if so many people are getting online with their phones, then government websites should be designed with that in mind. In the case of the SNAP program, which, by the way, that's the formal name of the food stamps program in the U.S., about 15% of Americans rely on it at any given moment to meet their basic needs. So it's easy to see how millions of us would benefit from better access to government services. And I'm proud of Jimmy and his team for accepting the challenge. Jimmy called me via Skype from a coffee shop in Brooklyn, and the audio came out surprisingly well given what coffee shops usually sound like. Here's Jimmy Chin, co-founder and CEO of Propel. So how's it going? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, just got back from Philadelphia last night. We've been making the commute to Philadelphia every week. So I'm back in Brooklyn now, uh, which is where I'm based. But we uh, have a pretty unique opportunity to work with the Philadelphia city government. And so we're kind of taking that, which means that I'm in Philadelphia every Wednesday through Friday of every week working with the, uh, the mayor's office um, to see if we can make something like this work in Philadelphia. That's great. Because I was going to ask, I, I noticed on the Kickstarter page that you were based in Brooklyn, but then I saw some other information that had you listed in Philadelphia. Yeah. So you're working between the two cities. We're working between the two cities, and it's kind of where we're trying to get our start. I mean, we always kind of imagined our vision here as being broader than just one geography or one city. And so we want to make sure that we build the software such that it works great in one place first before we scale out kind of nationally. But growing to a lot of other cities has always been kind of on our plate. So I guess we should talk a little about the background of Propel and then where you've come from. What's your background? I am a consumer software guy. I came from Silicon Valley. My last job was at Facebook, where I was a product manager for Facebook groups. Before that, I was a product manager at LinkedIn, where I was leading the LinkedIn uh, news and events team. Before that, I was a software engineer. My experience is really kind of in building consumer software at scale. I left Facebook in March of this year, looking for something a little bit more entrepreneurial and a little bit more focused on social impact. Uh, which led me out here to Brooklyn. So I moved across the country to work at Significance Labs, which is a fellowship here in Brooklyn. It's a nonprofit tech accelerator that helps entrepreneurs like myself uh, kind of get their start building social enterprises, whether they're nonprofits or for-profits, which takes me into kind of the history of Propel. We started Propel in June of 2014 based on kind of the exploration of talking to folks in the community. So that's where Significance Labs really had a start was just talking to lots of low-income Americans here in the five boroughs and understanding what their daily concerns were, understanding how they use technology and so on and so forth. One of the things we heard from low-income Americans that we talked to here was that they spent a lot of time navigating government services, so things like food stamps and welfare and public housing and so on and so forth. And I realized at the time that I had no, uh, no empathy with that experience. I had no idea what it was like to apply for food stamps or go through any of these application forms. And so I went through all those forms myself just to see what they'd be like. I spent basically two weeks where my team and I applied to every government benefit we could find just to understand what the application processes were like. And we found that across the board, the processes were pretty onerous. So they were tough. Um, they, they often use really confusing language. The forms were often in paper rather than online. If you managed to find a website that, that allowed you to like kind of process the forms online, they, they kind of looked like they were out of like, 1995, right? They're like built for Internet Explorer and maybe like have a bunch of like really obvious bugs. Pretty much all of them don't work on mobile. So there's not, uh, we, we didn't find a single application that was actually suited for people's mobile phones. And we think that's specifically a really big gap in the market that um, we know that a lot of low income Americans in 2014 are accessing the internet primarily through their mobile phone. It used to be the case that, you know, maybe in like 2009, that a, 
a desktop computer was the first piece of technology that you bought to access the internet. And then if you had extra disposable income, you'd go buy a smartphone. I think that's flipped a little bit in 2014. It's a trend that's happened really quickly, where now the first piece of technology you buy to access the internet is really the smartphone. And then if you have extra income, you go buy a computer. And so we think building technology that works for the, that works kind of natively on the cell phone is really, really important. I like the idea that you want to bring good design to more people and not just make it available to certain privileged groups. Why do you think that's so important to you? Well, I think part of it is almost an ethical thing, which is that we believe that everyone deserves good design, right? Because good design leads to simple experiences. It leads to better understanding of complicated systems. It leads to a feeling of empowerment where you feel like you can go tackle whatever it is that you're trying to do um, rather than feeling confused or scared or disempowered by a system that seems too complicated for you to get a grasp on. That's like that's something that, that shouldn't um, shouldn't be reserved for only a privileged set of people, right? That's like a that's like a very core. Um, I don't want to say like a human right. It's like the ability to navigate these systems in a way that makes sense for you. We think that a lot of technology and a lot of design is not great for low-income Americans, in large part because there aren't as many people focusing on it in the same way. So it's kind of in the same way that like the the roads and streetlights are nicer in like high-income neighborhoods. Whereas like the roads and streetlights and, and all that are, are, are generally like uh, less well kept in lower income neighborhoods because the, ten, the like taxpayers there can't make as much of a fuss as the taxpayers in, in, in rich neighborhoods. Um, that doesn't mean that it's less of a problem. And specifically for design, we think, we think there are, there's, so, there's so much low hanging fruit in helping low income Americans have technology that actually is well designed that we need to go pick some of it right now. So what drew you to this project? Like what inspired it? Do you know someone that's been the recipient of SNAP benefits? Like, I'm I'm just wondering who in your life inspired this. Not personally. So I think I, you know, to to be more precise, I was inspired by somebody that I talked to in their home in uh, in Queens um, in June, who told us about you know the complications of navigating the SNAP program, the complications of getting government benefits, and also how much they mattered to her and her kids. I'm personally really really attracted to kind of the field of applying technology to solve issues of poverty. I personally grew up as a child of two immigrants. Like we were, had trouble making ends meet, you know, throughout my entire childhood. And so now that I've like had the privilege of having, um, you know, having gone to Stanford for an education and having worked years at, you know, these top Silicon Valley firms, I feel like it, it's part of my responsibility to use my skills towards a problem that I think really matters. Um, but, but as far as like specific inspiration, really it, it comes back to us going through the application forms ourselves. And so I think like I'm personally pretty used to using a lot of the technology that comes out of Silicon Valley. So a lot of the smartphone apps and a lot of the top websites, you know, things like Facebook and Google and Twitter and LinkedIn and so on and so forth. These are kind of the things that fill my like online life and realizing that, that the applications for, for food stamps in particular were so far from that in terms of user experience and usability um, is really what motivated me to work on. I read on Propel's website that you have a, a background, like you said, at Facebook. And then also at the World Bank, which seems appropriate for this project. How would you say your background has informed your work on this app? Well, I think the biggest way is that I'm kind of used to building good consumer technology. And that's kind of been my bias all along. Um, That's what I've spent my last four years at Facebook and LinkedIn doing is trying to build, you know, really streamlined, simple, powerful user experiences. And I think that's the kind of experience that we benefit a lot from by bringing into, you know, applications like food stamps. My experience at the World Bank in particular was fantastic. I was an intern and then a consultant there when I was finishing up college. Um, I was working on mobile banking through an organization called CGAP. 
Um, and, and it was really, uh, it actually does apply to a lot to what I'm doing now. Really what we were doing back at the World Bank was, uh, it was towards kind of the nascent era of, of like mobile banking. So this is like using M-Pesa in Kenya to transfer money between people. And we felt that there were a lot of these interfaces where we're kind of just not very well designed, right? So it was kind of UI consulting for, for these various types of organizations. It was all things like, you know, this is the first time that someone's ever accessed financial services um, and they're doing it on the, on like a T9 cell phone. How do you design the menu such that it makes the most sense for them? Like what are the analogs you draw? And so we produced a couple of materials through the World Bank for, for kind of these mobile banking organizations to kind of go build these banking interfaces in the most understandable way possible. What agencies have you worked with so far to develop this app? We think that for this app to work well, it has to make sense for government agencies as well. Because at the end of the day, those are the, the, the folks that are going to actually produce the benefit. They're the ones who actually have the money to go distribute throughout the food stamp system. We kind of see ourselves as an easier entryway into their, into their process, right? Uh, their application process is kind of a barrier right now. We're trying to reduce that barrier. Um, the organization we've worked with or the, uh, we've spoken to most closely is the New York City Human Resources Administration. They're the ones who administer food stamps here in New York City. Um, we're also in contacts with, um, with, with some folks in Philadelphia that are working on this. So food stamps is, fun, is a, a federally funded state administered program. Um, so primarily it's, it's each of the, each of the 50 states kind of has their own agency that runs, um, either runs public welfare or runs food stamps in particular. Um, our goal is to get in touch with each of those so we can make sure that we're building the right product for them. Have there been any regulations that you've had to work around to make this app possible? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's a little bit tricky as with anything new in a category, it kind of results in, um, us having to navigate regulations that aren't really built for um, the thing that we are trying to build, right? Because uh, when you when you build something that's kind of a new thing in a category, there are fundamentally like not, you know, the laws don't make as much sense for them. Um, but we're like, we're definitely working through it. So I know it's early on in the process of building this app. Like you've only been launched a few months. Right. But have you gotten any feedback as far as success stories that you could share? Yeah, I think our biggest success story is, is more of a numbers one, which is that in Brooklyn over the summer, while we were kind of testing our app and building out the initial versions, we helped 246 people apply for food stamps. And we've been following up with each of them individually since to understand kind of the impact and, you know, how they've gone through the application process. So it turns out, you know, we're helping them submit their initial applications. We want to make sure um, we get them all the way to actually having an EBT card with money on it that they can go spend on groceries. We, we've like started to receive word. So the, when you help someone apply for food stamps, the application process can take up to a month. And so even though we kind of ran this back in, uh, in August and September, we're only now hearing back about whether someone's actually gotten EBT, like the actual physical EBT card or not. So we've started to hear back from the trickle of folks who, who, who say that they've received benefits after applying through us, which is really gratifying for us. We, uh, we helped about 200 people apply and we're, we're hearing from about five or 10 people each week who say that they've like freshly received, uh, SNAP benefits. We think it's really, you know, it's something that we're really proud of, even though it's, you know, 200 isn't, isn't a huge number by any means. And it's kind of, it's good it's start the though. The iceberg, right? Um, but for each of those people, if they receive benefits where they wouldn't have previously, the average stat benefit per month is about $140. Multiply that by 12 months in a year. So we're helping them make over, over $1,400 in new purchasing power for food. Um, and if that's the impact we can have for even a handful of people, that's like a meaningful thing for us. That's so great. What have you learned about food assistance that's surprised you so far? Is there one thing in particular in your research that really struck you? 
I've learned that there's a vibrant ecosystem of nonprofits and organizations that are kind of working in this in, in, in this field, right? It's not the case that nobody cares about food insecurity and so on, right? There are actually lots and lots of great organizations that are kind of working on food insecurity. So you've got like, you know, everywhere we go, we find organizations that are, are, are really motivated um, to help low-income Americans who don't have money to pay for their daily food. So we've talked to a lot of like food pantries and a lot of kind of social work organizations that are all like fantastic and really inspiring in terms of their on the ground efforts and how deeply they're integrated into the community. I think that's the thing that's, that's, uh, that I've learned the most about through this project uh, with regards to the, the food insecurity. So in, in my experience and in doing research on this topic too, I've noticed that public assistance programs face a lot of scorn in the U.S. for many reasons. And I was wondering, do you think this app could help to reduce some of the negativity that people who apply for SNAP benefits face? Yeah, we think so. Uh, because fundamentally what we're doing is we're, we're, create, we're trying to make it easier for you to apply for SNAP on your own, right? It's a self-serve application process. There are a bunch of other ways to apply for SNAP that usually involve going and standing in a welfare office or going out to a social worker and having them process the paperwork for you. And while we think those, those things absolutely need to, need to exist and, and they need to be efficient and they need to work really well, um, we think that a lot of people would rather apply from kind of the privacy of their own homes or from, from, from their own phone, wherever they are, you know, applying, applying for welfare for food stamps is a very personal issue. And we think it, it should stay that way. Makes sense. You've already talked about some of the goals that you have so far, like you want to expand nationwide. Are there any other goals that you have for easy food stamps or maybe even propel? Like I know easy food stamps isn't your only target. Right. Yeah. So a little bit of background. Our company is called propel. And our first product is called Easy Food Stamps. We specifically set it up that way because we imagine Propel at maturity um, building more than just one product. So we think food stamps is, you know, Easy Food Stamps is kind of our, our, our product and brand for helping you apply for food stamps. But we, our mission is really to make the government more user friendly, to make it easier for people to get the benefits that they qualify for and to reduce the friction of kind of the application processes for things. So we imagine ourselves like at maturity you know, helping people apply for a number of benefits across the board. So not just food stamps, but also things like welfare, things like public housing, things like WIC, things like Medicaid, so on and so forth. That's kind of our, our, our long-term goal right now. We're really focused on making our food stamps product work as well as possible and, and as well as possible across the country. Um, I think after that, if we can build a strong base and build trust with the users that we're like providing value for, we're, we have a really clear path towards like building other products that make sense for them too. Sort of to play off what you just said, I'm wondering if you had a message behind your work, what would you like for that message to be? Like, what, what would you like to say with your efforts here? I think it's really that everyone deserves great design. Um, and it's, it's something that you and I have kind of talked about a little bit already, but it's something that we feel really strongly about. And we feel that because the low income population, you know, in some cases may not have the best design, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's just another thing. Like talking to, talking to low income folks in the community, you start to understand, like, yeah, it turns out like if you're um, if you're a single mother with two kids and you're in community college and you're working a side job to make ends meet, you really don't have the time to struggle through a complicated application form that is buggy or that doesn't work on your phone or that you know is confusing and makes you type in the wrong answers. You know, for me, like pretty much everyone hates being inconvenienced by bad software, right? It's always frustrating to go to a website that doesn't work well. But like for me, it's rarely a matter of like, do I get to put food on the table or not, right? And we found that that was the case for folks navigating the food stamp application. Um, which was also kind of a, uh, not a great user experience, that the stakes were a lot higher for them. 
Um, and so it's not just that everyone deserves great design. It's that for these folks, the stakes are higher for them to not have great design. And so we need to fill that gap as quickly as we can. And that, you know, honestly, we're, we're working on this problem, but there's tons of space here. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity here. And we love other entrepreneurs and other companies to be working on this issue with us. Okay. Are you accepting donations? Uh, you know, we're not right now. We ran a Kickstarter campaign that was pretty successful, but um, right. right now we're trying to make things work as a for-profit social enterprise, uh, which means we are actually raising funding, but we're raising from angel investors and providing equity. What have the Kickstarter funds allowed you to do so far? The Kickstarter funds we raised in, I think, mid-August. We were part of a, of an incubator called Significance Labs that was kind of paying uh, my team and I a living wage to work on these types of problems throughout the course of the summer. That ended on August the 15th. So on that day, we stopped receiving paychecks and had to make the hard decision of whether we wanted to keep working on this project full time or not. Uh, my team and I were all convinced that this was like a problem that was worth working on and that we were making good progress. And so the Kickstarter campaign is really allowing us to work on this project full time without having to take any side consulting gigs or whatever to, to pay our bills. It's really helping us pay rent for the last few months. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. So if anyone would want to follow you or your work online, keep up with what you're doing. Where would you direct them to? Yeah. Do you have any website addresses or Twitter handles, for example, that you'd recommend? Yeah, definitely. So our website is joinpropel.com, J-O-I-N-P-R-O-P-E-L.com. Um, that's kind of our, our company website where you can read news about us, where you can you know see our bios and track our products and so on. Uh, we have a Twitter handle as well. It's at Easy Food Stamps, um, spelled like it should be. And we, we, we kind of post product updates about Easy Food Stamps there as well. If anyone wants to get in touch with us through email, my email is info at joypropelled.com. All right. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, thank you very much for having me today, Josh. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, you too. I know you have a lot of work to do, so I'll let <laughs> yeah. you get back to it. All right. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> so that was the very first episode of The Plural of You. I first published it on November 15th, 2014, and I have an update for you on Jimmy Chin and Propel. So when Jimmy and I talked back in 2014, Propel was only a few months old. The company was just getting started. They were helping users in New York City and Philadelphia uh, get access to their SNAP benefits, like Jimmy said, through the Easy Food Stamps app. And if I remember correctly, at that time, they had something like four employees. Well, fast forward all these years later. And it's pretty clear that Jimmy meant what he said when he believed that everyone deserved good design. He's still the CEO of Propel all these years later, and the company now has over 40 employees, and they have offices in Brooklyn, San Francisco, and Salt Lake City. They've raised millions of dollars in venture capital, and they're now serving over 5 million users in all 50 U.S. states. So they've come a long way. The Easy Food Stamps app has also gone through some changes, and today it covers way more than just SNAP benefits. It was known as Fresh EBT for a few years, EBT meaning Electronic Benefits Transfer, which usually refers to government assistance services. And today the app is known as Providers. The Providers app offers Americans access to major financial and social services all in one place. There's too many to list here, but a few include mobile banking, unemployment benefits, job postings, uh, discounts, and tax credits when those are available. Users will get pinged on their app. They'll get notifications when some of these services are available if if they have new deposits in their bank accounts or in their debit accounts. It's a really impressive achievement that they built this thing from scratch, especially when you consider that this is a free app that they offer. 
And it's been downloaded over 20 million times, which is amazing in itself. And one more development that I appreciate, Propella started publishing monthly reports with survey data uh, from their monthly app users. So they measure things like whether or not users can afford to pay their utilities on time, the stability of their housing arrangements, and if they're missing meals, if they report missing meals uh, every month. So as you can imagine, uh, the reports can be a little depressing, but Propel is providing a unique service for these people by sharing results like these because it helps give perspective across state lines and even within communities uh, how the users of their app are doing. And, you know, particularly people in certain populations that don't always get accurate data reported about them. So this is like firsthand survey data. It's just it's really cool that they're providing that. If you want to view those survey details, uh, you can go to their website. As Jimmy mentioned, it's joinpropel.com. You know, it's funny. Jimmy agreed to talk with me when we were both starting out with our respective projects. And I'll always appreciate him for that, you know, being my first guest on the plural of you. So if you or someone you know might be in need of assistance from these types of services, look into the Providers app. It's on the App Store and on Google Play. This has been The Plural of You. I'm Josh Morgan. The show's website is pluralview.org. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast or tell at least one friend about it. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. That's all for now. Thank you for being kind today. Take care. <laughs>